This is the On the Pony Express podcast, part of the On3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We are presented by our friends at Status Jet. Quick reminder, guys, to check out Status Jet at statusjet.com. Be sure to reach out to David Henry and his entire team to help you through everything when it comes to the private jet chartering experience, whether that is working through buying or selling a plane or just chartering a plane in general. Status Jet has everything uh, you need when it comes to um, that portion of uh, your life with Status Jet. Just make it easier with them um, and they will uh, um, get things in order. And it's a perfect time to do that. They have private jet destinations all over the country, including Colorado when it's time to go skiing. Um, you also have events like the Super Bowl in Las Vegas coming up or spring break trips to Mexico, Cancun, Cabo, wherever you want down south. Um, those are very hard to get into and can be pricey at times, even just flying commercial. So think about with your group looking at a private jet experience with our friends at Status Jet and looking way down the line. The Masters in April is coming as well. Um, so be sure to get your plans in order. So just reach out to Status Jet. They've got all sorts of jets uh, in their um, working range that they can put you in with your friends and family, um, or your group in general, if it's for work, um, they can get that handled for you and start exploring your options with them and mention the code pony up ACC or the on the pony express podcast in general, and they can get you guys hooked up with a discount as well. So, um, appreciate their sponsorship with the podcast. We are here today because the SMU crew of transfers that they brought in is now officially on campus. Um, that entire group has made it. They have taken their first classes. Now that the snow and ice has melted around Dallas, um, you can you know, get to work as a Mustang um, in the classroom. And so I wanted to grade out that transfer hall that SMU picked up. Um, the 12 transfers, um, if you guys haven't seen them um, on the website, you can check that out. Uh, with on the Pony Express, we have it for you, and uh, it's every position pretty much um, has been addressed by this coaching staff, um, except really quarterback, tight end. Um, those are the two that, off the top of my head, stand out, um, and safety. They have not addressed safety, um, but they've brought in a specialist. They brought in defensive lineman, offensive lineman, wide receiver, linebacker. Um, cornerback they brought him in um and so let's let's kind of look at this positionally smu didn't need to bring in a quarterback they are sitting pretty with their room with preston stone and kevin jennings but i think it's worth mentioning here that it was very important to retain retain talent in this room you have keldrick lusters coming up you have tyler aronson who just checked in to start classes at smu retaining that room was super important overall for SMU. And they did that 
at least for the spring semester now, with Preston Stone and Kevin Jennings set to, I mean, kind of battle it out. I mean, Kevin Jennings went on the road, helped you win a conference championship. He played well enough at times against Boston College um, in a complete mess of a game and made some throws that should have won the game. Deep ball again uh, for Moochie Dixon. Um, you know, deep shot to Keyshawn Smith that was dropped, which ended up leading to the block field goal. Um, he also had some moments where you could tell he hasn't played enough yet. Um, some interceptions against Tulane, uh, the fumble on the opening drive against BC. Uh, there is still room for growth with Kevin Jennings, but the good news is Preston Stone is back as well. And Preston is expected to be ready for spring ball. Uh, but do you kind of keep him maybe limited on what he does? That's maybe a possibility for SMU to work through um, and get Kevin more reps overall. Um, that'll be an that'll be a conversation that I'm I'm sure the coaching staff will have to have just because Preston has played a lot of football. He's gotten nicked up um, and and hurt uh, over the last two seasons. So um, do you? kind of give some more reps to Kevin Jennings now that Preston Stone has played pretty much a full season for SMU um, and give him an opportunity to maybe stake his claim to a little bit of, um, you know, more more playing time even. And he got a good bit uh, last year. So um, retaining that room was important. So everything at least going into the spring is, is on track there. When it comes to the running back room, SMU did end up going out and grabbing a running back uh, in Brashard Smith, he will be in that room um, while um, SMU lost Tyler Levine out of that room. They went out and signed Derek McFall from the high school ranks, but they went out and got a late addition in Brashard Smith. And I, I think they did well doing that um, to just kind of bring in a guy who can be a gadget. Um, you were hoping last year that Jalen Knighton was going to be your explosive do-it-all type of player. He wasn't that guy. And now you need to go out and find somebody who could really be explosive and be um, a return man in the kick return game and impact SMU's future positively in that regard. They did that with Brashard Smith. He was fourth nationally in average yards per kick return, tops in the ACC. Now he comes over from Miami to play for SMU for what will likely be his last year of college eligibility. He'll be able to play in that room for Kyle Cooper and really step up um, into that kick return role and be an instant impact guy at that spot. And with that in mind, Tyler Levine leaves. You have Velton Gardner, who's still on the roster, could you know be a guy that you could watch with the one-time transfer rule going away that maybe moves on, um, but we don't know. Uh, he's a Dallas guy. He'd probably love to finish out his career at SMU, Jalen Knight and Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, all guys that are in their junior and senior year. Um, that is going to be a good, strong group. Then you add in Brashard Smith, just gives you that wiggle that again, SMU didn't have last year. They thought they were going to get it from Jalen Knight and he'd show, he showed flashes. He showed great flashes of doing that next year. It'll be about being more consistent for him. So bringing in a guy like Brashard Smith to join that room, A1 decision by the coaching staff, addresses a need in a kick returner that's proven, uh, who is excellent, who can do a bunch of different things, um, 
but do it from the running back room. I thought that was awesome. It also allows Derek McFall a little bit of time as well to acclimate um, being, you know, one of the key pieces of the future of that running back room long-term. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At wide receiver, this is a position that I don't love what they did. And let me let me be very clear here. SMU has a group of wide receivers that are all seniors for the most part. One, two, three, four, five. And then Jordan Hudson, who's a junior. Then you have Jackson Lavender, Jamarian Carroll as redshirt freshman. You have Randy Reese, who's your lone receiver addition in the class of 2024 by way of gray shirt. And then you bring in Ashton Cozart from Oregon this offseason as a big outside receiver who has four years of eligibility remaining. I don't love it because... Ashton Cozart didn't see the field once for Oregon this fall. And I think sometimes, even though he was highly touted, I think that can be a red flag. When you don't get on the field at all for an Oregon offense that was explosive, a team that was able to get into some big blowouts at times, I would have liked to have seen him see the field. But I do like that they didn't make it an NIL priority to bring in a large outside receiver, like a guy who could really make things go and also at the same time upset the waters of that room. Am I sold on Ashton Cozart? No, but I think he's got a chance to be a good player if he reaches his potential. That's going to be obviously key but he didn't see the field for Oregon. He's a guy that's going to slide in there and be somebody that they hope develops over the next year because you lose so many guys. You lose Moochie Dixon and Romello Brinson and Keyshawn Smith as outside receivers next year after next season. You need Ashton Cozart to be a dude. And that'll ultimately be what he's like the pickup of Ashton Cozart will be judged on if he can be that guy. Because if he's that guy, then you're looking at one more year of Jordan Hudson in 2025 where he could be a monster and they're expecting and needing him to be a monster in 24. And if you compare him with Ashton Cozart in particular on the outside, then you might have something really special. But if he's a flop, I mean, this is going to be one of those decisions where you're like, golly, didn't sign a 2024 receiver that it seems like. Um, I don't see them signing a 2024 receiver late just not on the bingo card for this class. You have a slot in Dalen Singleton committed in the class of 25. You have to find ways to make this roster younger at receiver and in particular younger at the outside receiver spot because in two very short years, especially after next year, this receiver room is going to be one that has a lot of questions around it in terms of depth overall. 
um, at that spot. So we're keeping a close eye there. Um, in terms of the pickup, I, I think B minus. I just would have liked to have seen somebody if they're going to go get an outside receiver. And I love it from the perspective of he has four years. I just would have liked to see somebody who maybe sniffed the field and got on the field for the Ducks uh, this fall. And that kind of gives you a little bit more of encouragement. Like, why didn't he see the field once? Um, somewhat of a question I, I have on that one. When it comes to tight end, this one is still unanswered. Um, it's an unanswered position. They had an uh, opportunity to maybe get some guys like a Jake Roberts. Ultimately, your hometown Oklahoma wins out. He's he's going to play for the Sooners. Kind of a weird deal with Jalil Skinner going from um, uh, visiting SMU, was going to visit, and then ends up committing to Louisville. Obviously a very good program, but it was just kind of you know swiped at the last second to get a tight end in for the Cardinals. So SMU has to go find tight ends. And right now, um, there's no other way to say it. It's got to be a C. Um, it's it's not that they brought in a, a player like Micah Hiltz who didn't end up doing anything for SMU, was hurt, um, and just didn't do anything at all. Um, but they also haven't addressed the position. When they needed a big body to come in and be like a one-year guy or maybe one to two and allow you to continue to develop Adam Moore, continue to develop Trip Reardon. Um, right now, it's it's a position that can catch the football. I mean, you have RJ Maryland who's proven in that. He needs to step it up as well. But Adam Moore is coming up right behind him. And then you have Cam Allen who hasn't done anything. Trip Reardon, they're, they're high on, but he still needs to develop. And same goes for Lonnie Johnson, who'd be a pass-catching tight end. That's a position that's still left unanswered. And through the portal, they in the spring need to find a way to address it um, or else that, I mean, that grade can just drop um, overall on the offensive line. This is another one that is somewhat incomplete because they still need to find another offensive tackle in my opinion. Um, but I love what they did. If you look at what they lost off the 2023 roster, you lost um, Hyron white at offensive tackle, which again, needs to be addressed. And then they lost um, Cam Irvin and then Jacob Waller transferred. Hyron White, starter, Cam Irvin, multiple years of contributing on the offensive line along the interior. What they did was go out and get a guy like Savion Bird, who's played at a high level in the Big 12. He has been a starter. He has been a consistent contributor on the offensive line for Oklahoma and they go out and they bring him into SMU. Nate Anderson, his teammate, another guy who's along the interior, probably not as much of a contributor, but a solid, solid depth piece. Like if you're saying Nate Anderson's coming in to the SMU offensive line room, taking the spot of a Cam Irvin, wow, that's an upgrade. That's a guy that you could feel good about in this system um, overall uh, coming in to help SMU. And Savion Bird has the position flexibility to play guard and tackle and be a swing guy, which doesn't replace Hyron White. But if you have Marcus Bryant and you have maybe even Justin Osborne, PJ Williams and, um, you know, Caleb Johnson kind of on the fringe there, but in that group, that's a solid group overall. 
that is competing to be especially the right tackle of SMU. Marcus Bryant's back. He's going to be your left tackle. They have opportunities to get some guys competing against each other to really solidify that spot. They still need to bring in an offensive tackle. I give SMU's Hall out of the portal on the offensive line a B. They needed it to shore up that interior, guys. We saw this year what even, an, frankly, overweight Ja'Kai Clark can bring when he's able to contribute and still redshirt. Now he's back again. With that happening, you feel good about the interior, but you feel better because Logan Park, Justin Osborne, Ben Sparks, Ja'Kai Clark, Branson Hickman, Alex Woods is developing. King Large is going to maybe be a player, although they'd love to redshirt him, um, maybe be a, a factor early. That's how big he is. That's how strong he is. That interior is, is in a good spot overall. Uh, that's what you want if you're SMU. Um, they still have an opportunity to address it even further when it comes to the offensive tackle position, and I think they need to um, without a doubt. So um, that is what we're watching on that. Um, look, guys, before we flip over to the defensive side, um, I do want to remind you guys to go check out our friends at BigGameUSA.com. Big Game USA <clears throat> is a locally owned business right here in Addison, produces footballs for tons of college programs across the country. And the great thing is, is we've got a promo code for you, BE on three, that's BE on the number three for 10% off your order plus free shipping. It can be used on any football that they sell. Um, and even if you've got friends that are uh, Michigan fans, they've got a special college football playoff ball. I was just by the facility last week to kind of look things over and see what they were working on. They've got some special order Michigan footballs in there. And those things have also been flying off the shelf uh, as well, which has been fun for them because uh, Michigan fans, uh, they waited a long time and well, Big Game USA was able to sell a ton of those footballs. When it comes to SMU, um, they've got the official game ball for the Mustangs and are working on the new version already for Preston Stone and Kevin Jennings. So this ball will be updated. And just talking to them, they've got a couple of special things in the works. So hopefully those come through and we can tell you more about those as that happens. But go to BigGameUSA.com, use promo code BEON3 for 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's the official game ball of SMU football. So check them out. Appreciate all you guys who have done that as well. When it comes to uh, the defensive side, I, I feel like looking at this transfer portal hall now that it's come together, you look at the defensive linemen uh, that SMU has brought in. They brought in uh, Jafari Harvey, uh, who is an edge player. He's going to play the bandit spot for the Mustangs and be a guy that can drop into coverage, but especially rush the passer. And that really solidifies a group that has Isaiah Smith and uh, Cam Robertson that can allow those guys to continue to develop. And both were very good, especially at particular moments. With Isaiah Smith and Cam Robertson just being able to rush the passer like that, Jafari Harvey is a bigger guy, maybe play a little bit more on the early downs when it, you can run and pass <clears throat> and maybe be able to impact that in that way. Then you can bring in Turbo, 
um, who's Isaiah Smith and, and Cam Robertson, and those guys can be fresher, be able to impact the game uh, in an even, you know, in a similar way with another year of eligibility and time in the weight room under their belts. Like both of those guys have potential stardom written all over them the next two seasons in terms of rushing the passer. Um, that's their ceiling. Scott Simons, Calvin Thibodeau, Sam Dunham keep putting them in position to produce, and it's going to be fun to watch overall. So when I look at the edge position, A+. plus. I, I think especially if you can get 2022 Jafar I. Har Jafar I. Harvey out of him, and I've said this before, but looking at Miami and – Look, we saw them, what, seven and five this year. Again, high expectations early in the season, get a win over AM. AM ends up being what they were. But Miami never really came together into what the preseason expectations were. Once again, they're going to have high expectations. They have Cam Ward coming in at quarterback. Expectations are going to be high. One thing that I've always heard, though, is throughout this transition, there are some guys that have just had it rough over there. And so, Whatever's going on with Mario Cristobal and that crew, it's interesting. But Jafar I. Harvey had no reason, in a way, to be just for his role to be what it was this year. And he was very good in 2022. So SMU is going to hope that he brings it together to the 2022 version of him and if he does, I mean, that A-plus that I'm putting on this is going to look pretty darn good. But I just love love the idea of, for one year, bringing in an ACC veteran to help this group of, of edge rushers. And then you can have Isaiah Smith and Cam Robertson as seniors, and you can address the youth like we talked about earlier in the podcast overall. Um, but Jafari Harvey as a um in 2022 had 31 tackles seven and a half tackles for loss five and a half sacks and a pass breakup that's the type of production i'd love to see if i'm smu out of him um you move inside and this is where <clears throat> as a whole defensive linemen in particularly defensive tackles are expensive they are competitive to get, and you have to have a jump on the right ones. Last year, we saw what SMU did so well, which is getting defensive linemen. Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, a mix of guys that they needed, that they knew could help them, and were proven in Jordan Miller. And Elijah Roberts and Cam Robertson, and they bring them in, and oh my gosh, what a mixture it worked up for the 2023 defense this year they had to go out and again address the position and they would have liked to have gotten a guy like Torian Carter with multiple years they had other guys on their radar and guys that they brought in for visits and Quinn Barnes who ended up going to Colorado was on the radar a couple others throughout this process that SMU was after for this program to get the combination that they have in the middle now between defensive tackle and nose tackle. I got to say it's probably an A minus. And here's why. 
you're betting in a big way that Jonathan Jefferson is this year's Elijah Roberts. He's got two years of eligibility to play, played for Georgia, played for a national championship team, two of them, played behind some great players, but has just been a rotation guy. Elijah Roberts kind of had a small role as well at Miami, but it had a little bit more production. Different situations, different rosters, for sure, different talent levels on those roster. With that in mind, they are hoping Jonathan Jefferson could be that dude for them in the ACC. If he is, this group's potential just skyrocketed. But if you look at the opportunity to have Tank Booker and Mike Lockhart in the middle at the nose tackle spot, and if Jonathan Jefferson can be a starter for you and Corey Roberson help mix in, and then you have Mike Yohan, Sanjo and Jiki and Kevin Allen to be the third stringers, that's a great spot to be in. Who knows? Maybe David Abiara can help a little bit there along the interior too. If those things happen, this group is going to be really special. And I didn't even mention, I forgot, Omari Abor backing up uh, Elijah Roberts on the edge. They'll also have Jalen Samuels in there. Those guys can help provide depth. I feel like the the biggest piece was SMU kind of helped itself in a way fit-wise by getting Tank Booker at the end instead of Torian Carter, who ended up decommitting and going to Colorado. If that doesn't happen, I just feel like you aren't small up front, but it's different. You have, you'd have you almost be a tr more traditional four-man front which, uh, of course, makes Jafari Harvey important because of his size. It makes Omari Abor a little bit more important. But now when, when you have a big true nose like Tank Booker at 6'4", 350-ish, or 340, and Mike Lockhart kind of like a Jordan Miller about 6'3", 308, and he's proven he can, he can go, and you have Corey Roberson and Jonathan Jefferson as your two backups at those spots where maybe you can – Really, or you have Corey Roberson as a backup, and you have Jonathan Jefferson who maybe can start. Tank Booker's helping Mike Lock, Mike Lockhart. You have a you're you're in a really good spot with different body types, and that's before we get to the spring, where SMU would undoubtedly hope that they can have the funds available to get one more contributor at defensive line, who could maybe have multiple years and really finally solidify things. And then you're looking at a defense that I really feel like could be in the probably the top four or five of the ACC. And I still think SMU's defense is very good. Like people want to point to the, the bowl game in the muck against Thomas Castellanos, or they want to put, point to, I mean, even OU. I mean, this is a defense that played well just about every game this year in terms of giving up points, they were very good. In terms of still total yardage, they were just outside the top 10. Even when this defense, and this is what people don't understand because SMU, or they they don't see the bigger picture because SMU hasn't played good defense in decades. When you have a good defense, you're still going to have moments where, especially in today's day and age of college football, they drive you up a wall with how they tackle, how they execute. Or, um, you know, they uh, just kind of fall apart uh, in in general. And I and I think if they can get one more guy, 
on the defensive line, you're talking about a defense that one, the defensive line hall would be an A plus plus plus. If you can get kind of a guy that you can truly rely on in the spring, but right now it's a minus they missed on some, but they got guys that fit. They got guys that can step in. And even if you look at like Devere, Devere did not live up to expectations this year. He's a solid player. And they missed him in the bowl game. They went out and got Jonathan Jefferson, who if he pans out, could be very, very good. Tank Booker, veteran, big guy in the middle. Mike Lockhart, proven at the Power 5 level. This group has a chance to be really good once again. I like what they did along the interior, A-. minus. I just think it all fell into place. They need one more, but A-. minus. When it comes to linebacker, here's a group that they bring in Justin Medlock as a depth guy. He's a redshirt sophomore for SMU from Utah. Has played some, but not really. Again, Utah, very good defense, very good defensive team overall. He is going to come in well-coached and polished. I like it from the standpoint of you have Jaquandis Burns, Kobe Wilson, and Maude Walker. Well, what if Jaquandis leaves out the spring and, and wants to take one more stab at a bigger role somewhere else? Maybe. I have no idea. I haven't talked to Jaquandis. It's just the day and age we live in when it comes to the transfer portal. But you have Kobe Wilson and Maude Walker who are starters. Alex Kilgore might as well be a co-starter. Brandon Maizono has a chance to be a guy that contributes a lot with Chris Adamora now out the door. Linebacker is an interesting one because SMU didn't end up going after Corey Flagg uh, from uh, Miami. Um, they didn't end up pressing for him. And then they had um, lines in the water with a couple of guys here. Um, they went after Chris Paul um, from Arkansas, who um, ultimately committed to Ole Miss. Um, and I'll try to pull it up here. But then the other one that um, some uh, some people were kind of thinking that maybe they'd go after, um, and, and I'm, I think he ended up at Arizona State, <clears throat> is um, he's another Arkansas linebacker. But it was kind of interesting that it just went this way because you have a guy who – pretty solid uh, player, um, and his name's going to hit me as soon as I see it, Jordan Crook uh, from Duncanville, who's headed to uh, Arizona State for his for his final um, season of, of college football, or I, hold on, excuse me, sorry, two years of, um, um, two years of, of college football left. I felt like Jordan Crook was a guy who, SMU probably should have pushed for over Justin Medlock. And maybe it would have gotten a little pricey battling Rashad Samples out there at Arizona State. But I just, I value playing 13 games in the SEC, 28 tackles, tack for loss, sack. And he's played in 25 games with two starts over the past two seasons. Maybe it wasn't ultimately in the cards. But I just think Justin Medlock is a guy that I'm just going to have kind of lowish expectations for. And it's cool for him. He's coming back home. SMU gets a foothold maybe in Manville a little bit more because, um, you know, De'Aaron King uh, went there, but also um, Justin Medlock did as well. 
but it's just not one that really moves the needle for me, especially when you're looking at two years of eligibility remaining. Justin Medlock has this year sophomore redshirt sophomore season. Then he's got junior senior, so that's three. But like, give me a space out it somewhere. Either give me a guy who redshirted, maybe played a little bit, or could redshirt again, kind of like what Kyron Chambers did um, for SMU. Um, kind of what you know they, they did it with Brandon Crosley, Jakai Clark, somebody who maybe has played a little bit but isn't there yet, could redshirt again. Something like that. Give me somebody younger at linebacker when you lose three seniors. I, j I don't know. I just – he's been in college long enough where I just don't love it. I think this is a B, B minus. Um, it was an interesting group of linebackers they offered and then went after and then what they came away with. And I just don't think they ended up pressing for Corey Flagg or Jordan Crook. And Corey Flagg's played a ton and has proven at the ACC level to be a contributor. I mean, for me, even if that meant Jaquandis Burns saying, all right, well, now I'm really out. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a really hard line to walk, but that's just my opinion on, on the linebacker position. You, you got a group that probably, um, you know, about it just B, B and minus. I mean, it's just nothing inspiring, but it's a position that going into the transfer portal – outside of safety on defense, you probably feel the best out of it. Like, I didn't think they needed to get a linebacker. I, I, it's nice from depth, and and you need depth, but I just didn't think they necessarily needed a linebacker. Um, so they get Justin Med Medlock, kind of a, you know, you know you're getting a good kid. You know you're getting a kid from Texas. He's played in a good defense. He's had a limited, limited role. But um, you bring somebody in and address depth. So – um, cornerback, uh, this is a B plus, maybe even a minus for me. I think the, the B plus stems from, you really would have liked to have seen it, it addressed with both cornerback spots, um, going into the spring, like having a situation like last year with Chris Megason, Charles Woods, Jalen Davis Robinson, um, Keyshawn Mills, all were on campus for the spring. They were all addressed. Now, here's the thing. SMU is addressing this position in another way. They moved Teddy Knox over to corner. Who knows what that looks like? Who knows if that pans out? But you know he can tackle. He's one of your best special teams players. Now he gets to work on tackling all the time. Um, you bring in Deuce Harmon. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, which is awesome. Like, I mean, really, this should be an A-, minus, probably, just because Deuce has two years of eligibility left coming in from Texas A&M. He started. He's a DFW area guy. He was a former high-level prospect. This is a great move for SMU. And again, they kind of retained their whole group that they could as well. Jalen Davis, Robinson, Keyshawn Mills, A.J. Davis can all battle it out with guys like Jafar, uh, Jahari Rogers and a little bit of Kavaris Hall. You also bring in Alex Rogers and Speedy Nettles this summer. The cornerback room is in a good spot. Similar to defensive line, you lost two star corners you want to replace with two really solid corners. Once again, they did that in Deuce Harmon. I think that's a great move. Everybody forgets Charles Woods was coming off an injury, shut it down after four games at West Virginia. Deuce Harmon played. Deuce Harmon made starts. Very good player coming in from the SEC off one of the best defenses in the country. I love that. You need one more. You need a guy 
to come in at cornerback and maybe even solidify this room for years to come. A guy who didn't play elsewhere at a high-level program, who's a former high-level prospect. They had some irons in the fire with guys like Jalen Kimber and different guys that were either in the portal or were looking at the portal and or, or they were ready ready to strike with guys who didn't enter the portal. Like Ju- Julian Humphrey, I think, went back to Georgia. That was a guy they would have been like all over. But you need one more. And that's what the spring is for now. The spring is to go out and find a corner that can really help you without a doubt. Um, and the safety spot, love it. I mean, retain them all. They're all back. Didn't need to do anything there. Um, the only thing is, is if, You end up wanting to address it with a young guy who can redshirt and do what Kyron Chambers did. That would be something to watch for the spring. They bring in Isaac Pearson. I have no idea about punters. They lost theirs. They brought one in from Texas who's also from Australia. It worked out pretty well with Ryan Buchevsky. Um, We'll see if it does again with Isaac Pearson. So with that, guys, that was kind of the rundown on all the transfers. Um, SMU did hit the, the transfer portal or excuse me, the recruiting trail this week. They're blitzing Dallas. We dropped some notes on on the PonyExpress.com with some of those uh, programs that uh, they stopped in at. We'll do more of that um, as well uh, throughout the week and as SMU hits the portal. Um, A quick reminder, guys, about our friends um, at StatusJet. StatusJet, use the code PONYUPACC or mention it that you work with us at OnThePonyExpress.com to get a discount on your round-trip flights with Status Jet. Use their company, whether it's planes or helicopters, whether you're buying, selling, or just chartering, uh, they have everything you could possibly want um, in all the service uh, that they do. And the, and the great thing is, is um, they're big supporters of SMU. David Henry, his whole team, they're an official partner of SMU Athletics, which is cool. They've flown the Dance and Palm, Palm Squad team down to New Orleans. They've handled charters for SMU. So the schedule comes out January 31st. We're going to start planning some fun trips and experiences with Status Jet. So be sure to reach out to them at statusjet.com and uh, just tell them on the Pony Express sent you um, so you get a discount on your round trip flight. With that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Throw us a like. We appreciate all of you guys who have done that for us. And check out OnThePonyExpress.com. Subscribe for just a dollar for two months with code SMU1. That's SMU, the number one. Get all the recruiting scoop you need at OnThePonyExpress.com. Lots of good stuff to come on the site. Um, So we appreciate you guys who have subscribed, followed us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time on the On The Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening to the On The Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at on3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage.